yo, 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 yo. It's Macapana's user. It's it's the Macaw Podcast universe. You know us, you love us, I hope. Um, I do. And we are on the Deathly Hallows Part 2 of Harry Potter. And frankly, folks, this is our take two. We had a rough take one. Should I tell him that? I guess we better do a take three. Uh, okay, let's cut. No. Uh, we are currently in the series that shall not be named. Um, and we have, we, uh, next week we'll be doing Fantastic Beasts. So don't think that we're just stopping here because if you've, if you've been a fan for a while, we did the Marvel Cinematic Universe and we did not just go, okay, we're only doing Captain America. Yeah. We did the whole dang thing and we anxiously await. By now, we've probably bought our tickets to opening weekend of Black Widow so that we can provide you the absolute best in podcast We're doing opening weekend for that one. Oh, yeah. We're going to op- any movie that we cover. We have to see it before the Friday that the episode would come out, hopefully before the Monday so patrons can get it even earlier. Um, hmm. Yeah, I've been actually like going on the app quite a bit and checking and ma- and seeing Nerd. if the if the tickets are out because it'll. You're such a Ben Wyatt. I am a Ben Wyatt. Yeah, I don't think that we'll be in a risk for these to. Well, no, that yeah, they might sell out. So it, really, you think so? Yeah, I mean, because I was thinking the, the theaters, one. the theaters are um, a lot smaller, and like all the Marvel movies are always number one at the box office and stuff. So. Um, I don't think it'll be like Star Wars where it was like I pulled up the app and like most of the showings were taken already. Yeah. Um, but I do need to keep my ear to the ground so that I can get those tickets. But I'm sure we could go to like a Monday if we had to. Yeah. And you are listening to an episode about Harry Potter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> not us planning our next theater going experience. <laughs> well, and and hopefully that's not our next one because that's in April or something like so that. So in this episode, <laughs> Micah is steamrolling my part where I talk about the actors. And I he took am, one from me. I am. Because here's the, here's the, the uh, update. So if you listen to last week's episode harry potter and the deathly hallows part one you learned that it was a shared production so um they they filmed the movies back to back they came out you know this movie comes out um eight months after the last movie um how are you gonna do lord of the rings oh is that easy do you think do you think it's compartmentalized at this point maybe lord of the rings I I don't know. Well, I'll cross that bridge whenever we come to it. There are a lot of special features, though, so we could probably... Just like, do the ones on the extended of Fellowship, those special features. Yeah, and we could we could go, like, here's the basic Lord of the Rings story, which would take a little while, you know, the production, yeah. and then go, here's Fellowship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then do the story, and then... Those episodes will be up to four hours long, even. <laughs> no, the extended I, I, version. I keep thinking that we're going to have huge episodes. I think our longest episode's been, like, an hour, 18 minutes. So even on pretty dense stuff... Uh, well, maybe, I think Avengers Endgame, we were at the 120 122 ish mark but yeah um anyway a lot of inside baseball on this pod yeah but what i what i mean is if you go back and listen to that you're gonna find out about all the people involved and you'll find out the production stuff i still have some specific production notes for this movie but it's not really to the extent that they usually are because we have the same screenwriters same producers same distribution everything is the same except for basically the release date um but Having said all that, um, we've covered all these actors, but there is one very glaring mistake 
not well, mistake. It's not a mistake. We, we, we've been we saving. So purposely saved this person until this movie. A very, very exciting actor. Which I think we've even mentioned him earlier on, so. Yeah, and his name is Warwick Davis. That's right. One of the coolest names in the world. And a very cool guy. So I, I want you to know that I watched a couple of interviews with him, and this is like the kind of guy you want to be involved in movies, because he is really into it. He does, he, I saw one that looked like he was at some like workshop, like explaining the masks and stuff like that, um, that they used, um, because a lot of the background goblins had masks on, Mm -hmm. not the close up ones. They had to do makeup, but to save time. Mm -hmm. Um, so he, he seems very passionate about this stuff. So he was born February 3rd, 1970. Wow, we're doing that. I'm not going that far back, but I just, February 3rd, 1970. He um, just had his birthday. Oh, he did. Yeah, he's, he's he turned fifty. So my mom was born the same year. Oh, okay, cool. So, um, his very first role was the Ewok in Return of the Jedi. Okay, like the the main one that interacts. Did with you not know that Princess Leia? Uh, Is that what you're freaking out about? No, but it, it's better than that. Uh, I don't think I did know that, but um, is that before or after Willow? Before this is his first role. That's his first. Oh, role. you just said first role. Yes. Yeah, so Kenny Baker, who is R two D two, um, he's in the actual R two D two costume, or uh, I guess, it's a costume. Yeah. Um, he was gonna play Wicket as the Ewoks character's name. Okay. But he was ill, so George Lucas picked Davis to be the Ewok. And um, where did that note go? Um, his grandmother heard a radio advertisement that was calling for people that were um four feet tall or shorter to be in the movie and she knew that he was a fan of star wars oh, what movie is this return of the jedi so this is the third of the original trilogy wait wait, wait sorry he was in the original he was in oh, return, the return of, the jedi. of the jedi i was thinking of last jedi no return of the jedi this um, is the third one it's the third one. <laughs> I'm never going to get it. Just I promise you, I'll never understand. So his grandma heard the on the radio that they were calling for actors that were four feet or smaller. Yeah, I got I, That's the knew, one part I got. She knew he was a fan and he was 11 years old. That's it? Uh-huh. And then, um, so he went to, he went and auditioned, got the part. And 11 then years old? Apparently Mark Hamill bought him every action figure he didn't own because he was a big Star Wars fan. This kid is 11 years old, and they, they were like, yeah, you got the job. Uh-huh. I mean, I don't think there could be a happier kid in the world than that one. No, and and I think from the, the interviews I saw on Harry Potter, it seems like he still is that way. Like, he's just still hope, excited to be involved in this stuff. I hope stuff. he's taken care of his grandma. Oh, I'm, he's, he's, I know I only saw like two interviews, but you can just tell the way he's talking about stuff. Where he he is just like a national treasure. So is, is he? Of Britain, does he I come guess. from humble beginnings? Uh, well, I don't know about that. I didn't. I I'm just sticking to this. Okay. I'll keep asking so questions. You don't know answers to. He reprises his role as Wicket in Caravan of Courage, an Ewok adventure for uh, ABC made for TV films, and Ewoks: The Battle for Endor, which are two movies that exist that are not like Star Wars, but they are. Yeah. You know. I'm aware of those things. Um, and then. He was called to Elstree Studios to meet with Ron Howard and George Lucas to play a character Willow. named Willow. Cool. Got the part. Um, then he was in a f- uh, he was in Chronicles of Narnia, Prince Caspian, Voyage of the Dawn Treader, The Silver Chair, 
Wait. Like the they they made some live action movies in the BBC a long time ago. Okay, okay, okay. So that's like um in the eighties, I believe. And then in nineteen ninety three, he played the lead bad guy in Leprechaun, which is oh yeah, okay. famously Jennifer Aniston is in that movie. Isn't that's one of her first things, right? I think it is her first thing, okay. but I'm not positive on that. Um, and then he came back and pl- was in a very unlucky Leprechaun. That was another movie. <laughs> is it a horror movie? I think so, but it says, oh no, it says he also played a Leprechaun in the 1998 family film, a very unlucky okay. Leprechaun. And that sentence I used word for word from Wikipedia, but everything else I've been trying to mix it up. Um, then in Star Wars Episode One, The Phantom Menace, he played three characters. Okay. He played um, uh, Weasel who is a gambler that sits next to Watto at the pod race. Sure. He plays Wald, who was Anakin's Rodian friend, which... I don't know what that is. I will point that out when whenever okay. we watch it. That I was like, that's so cool. Um, okay, I'm and sorry then, I'm not matching your enthusiasm. It's okay. Th- this, this part's for Mike Combs, who probably already knows this. Yeah. Um, and then he played Yoda in some scenes where, oh! Yoda's, where Yoda's walking. Enthusiasm. And then he plays uh phileas flitwick in the harry potter movies it's first and, one and uh he's that there was, from the first one yes I'm yeah just in clarifying. the yes yes i'm sorry in the first two films and then he plays a black-haired unnamed chorus conductor for the third movie yeah with the toads yes <laughs> those toads we did not talk about those as long as we should have in azkaban that whatever keep going uh and then in the fourth movie he um, he's younger looking, okay, but it's still Flitwick, and then he plays Grip Hook in Deathly Hallows Part 1 and 2. Um, and he's got a bad A voice, man. It's very good. Um, and here's here's what I'll end on. He's, he's in a bunch of other stuff as well, and he was actually in the recent um, Chronicles of Narnia, uh, the uh, Prince Caspian movie. Same character? Um, no, a different character. Mm. And in the other ones, he was like two or three different other characters. So. Nice played a quite a cast in there but i'll end on this okay. another harry I'm potter connection for this crazy thing oh it was that his grandma got him the part oh for yeah Return that was Jedi. crazy i, already I just, forgot. it's that, really cute yeah that's really cute but this is just a cool one so he plays marvin the paranoid android in hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy yeah, yeah 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 he's the one that's in the suit yeah and then um alan rickman does the voice yeah so another harry potter connection yeah pretty cool and i think he did something with um yeah, anyway, so that's... What a career. That's such a great career. It's just very cool. And people are going nuts about Peter Dinklage. No, no, no. <laughs> well, he I'm just kidding. Too. He's great. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so speaking of him, well, should I keep going or did you want... Do you have anything to No, you stole say? it from me. I did steal it. I hope that that's not... I just read the, the Return of the Jedi thing. I don't Jedi care, thing. Micah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2 comes out July 15th, 2011. It makes domestically $381,011,219, and then it slam dunks past the billion mark and makes $1,341,511,219. Nice. Um, and then just a couple of things to go over here. Um, it, in 2008, they started um, building a school digitally so that they could do all the crazy camera movements that yeah. are seen in this movie. Because otherwise, nice. it's mostly been sets or like far away digital stuff. And you can that's get been... away with that too, because if you're moving through, it's a lot of blur. Mm-hmm. 
So they had, but they had to like, like the d- intricate details of the school so that they could do a lot of the camera movements that are done, especially yeah. in the Battle of Hogwarts. Yeah. Um, it's nominated for Best Makeup. It loses to The Iron Lady. It's nominated for Best Visual Effects. It loses to Martin Scorsese Hugo, which I've never seen that movie. I've always wanted to see it. It's got Asa Butterfield in it. Oh, really? That's too bad. I think, no, Micah. Oh. It's like, it's like Boy in the Striped Pajamas era of Asa. It's, yeah, it's good Before Miss Peregrine. (laughs) Well, it's just, it's before he reaches puberty. Yeah. Which happens to a lot of kid actors. They reach puberty and it's like, ugh. I never wanted to see you in a role where you're sexual. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So it loses visual and art direction to Hugo. And then back to the old. I think that's lame. Even if Hugo was really good. Oh, well, let's watch it and find out for ourselves. It's just, you know, like, I just think that I I understand that movies like this lumping Marvel into it, they they never get awards, Uh like hardly. And it's like, I kind of get it, but at the same time, you ha- like like we were talking about in our other Oscar special podcast, mm-hmm. like Endgame got nominated only for visual effects, and it probably yeah. won't win for, yeah. just because it's a Marvel movie. And it's like, do you understand that they went through over 20 of them with special... Like, like you're, I, to me, they're not just awarding Endgame, they're awarding the franchise. Yeah, the Return of the King that's, kind of a thing. Yes, where yeah, it's like, thinking, okay, you did it. So like, it's like, that's why I think, even if Hugo's amazing and the effects are amazing, I'm sure they are, but it's like, give the franchise of Harry Potter an award. Yeah. Because the, the people who worked on it deserve it. But luckily, throughout, they have won a couple Oscars, I think. Because remember, they won Best Cinema... Oh, no, they didn't win Best Cinema. They've just been nominated for yeah. stuff. Um, yeah. I know that's it's just an opinion. No, once, no, no. once I get on the Oscar board to vote, <laughs> I'm gonna be changing a couple things. <laughs> um, okay. So Gringotts Bank, they hired sixty um short actors to be goblins. All those goblins are real. That hmm. is so cool. Really is a bummer when you watch Fantastic Beasts. I don't even tell me. I'm not there yeah. yet. But in the in the I saw an interview with Warwick and they were like, Warwick, can you help us like casting? So he was just like oh, going nice. through and like finding all these people and stuff. Really freaking cool. Yeah. Um, and then it took them three months to make the rubble. Um, and they had to make four hundred tons of rubble. Okay. And that's all like very light stuff that can be easily yeah, moved. Yeah, yeah. But but they had to make four hundred tons of it. So it's so much rubble. Yeah. Um explains why it looks so good. Um, and then it took 10 people three weeks to dress all of that rubble into the set. Do you think that they top it with things that are heavy, like with heavy rubble, like heavier rubble so that, cause like sometimes there are, I feel like there are characters that interact with it, like step mm-hmm. on it and it doesn't look light sometimes. I, I, want, I feel like sometimes they put some actual rocks in there. Well, I actually, I watched a video of how they made it. It was just a few days ago and I don't remember, but it sounded like that's what, what they did. It's yeah. not like, it's not like foam. It's like actually, it, there's no, actually I, like some. Yeah. It's not styrofoam or yeah, something. Yeah. So, um, just and then a curious thought. the great hall was destroyed and rebuilt three times. Um, and then, oh, that's from one. I, we already covered that. That's all I got because. This movie shared production with the previous movie. Oh, Roger Ebert. Okay. Um, I know, I know, I'm wearing down, but you can really take over on the plot. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> he gave it 3.5 stars out of four. Yeah. Um, and he said, "I this is just very funny." This Wait, first did he give one. any of the movies four? Did he give one four? He gave Chamber of Secrets four. That's right. 
And yes, I think just that one. Okay. Um, and then he said, I dare not reveal a single crucial detail about the story itself, lest I offend the spoiler police who have been on my case lately. Besides, you never know. Maybe they've completely rewritten J.K. Rowling's final book in the series. Maybe Harry dies. Voldemort is triumphant and evil reigns. Then he said... Ooh, salty. Yeah. He said, this movie is impressively staged. The dialogue is given proper weight and not hurried through. There are surprises which in hindsight seem fair enough, and Harry Potter now possesses an inn that befits the most profitable series in movie history at the time. These films will be around for a long time, and without spoiling a single thing, let me just observe that the final scene clearly leaves an opening for a sequel. I think that's an odd read. What? I know Rowling says there won't be one. Just saying. What? Kind of interesting. I don't I, get that. I don't feel like that's very sequel-y. What? Um, and then he put a note, because this was... Oh, because does he redact that? No, no, he says this, which I... This is funny, because this is like peak uh, 3D releases. Yeah. Um, he says this movie is a, is dark, gloomy, and filled with shadows, so it should be. That makes it particularly inappropriate for the additional dimness of 3D. There are a few shots that benefit from 3D. I like the unfolding of the little magical globe, but none that require it. Avoid the subcharge and see the film in proper 2D with brighter color. Okay. Just kind of is like, yeah. don't see it that way. Yeah. So um, that's what I got. It's now take over and let me take a couple of drinks. Who sees 3D movies anymore? Well, they don't really release that many. I know. Anymore because people were like, because basically Avatar came out and everyone's like, oh, this. Everyone blew their brains off <laughs> out of it, like excitement. Blew their brains yeah, off. Yeah, I was about to say something not great. Oh, BTBO? By accident. By accident. Blew their brains off? No, no, just something by accident. Oh, okay. Things that I don't even say in a normal day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, I think I don't like Avatar. <laughs> I think what happened is Avatar presented it. I didn't see it in 3D, but it presented it in a very like vital to the format, impressive way. Is the consensus? So everyone's like, "Yeah, we can do that," but most everyone did post production 3D, which is not the same as shooting it in 3D. Oh, and so all these movies are like post production changed, and it doesn't look the same. Um, I think they have gotten better with that technology, but also like I didn't know people they did just. That. People just kind of stopped going to them, and and most yeah, people yeah, the money kind of yeah, and and most people unless you're at like an IMAX theater, it's not that impressive. Yeah, um, because I've seen a couple in IMAX, and it was crazy. Like what? Um, Gravity. That makes sense. Um, that movie blew my mind in IMAX 3D, and then I think I saw it in IMAX, but not 3D. Yeah. To a lesser extent, it was just a fun experience, but nothing like Gravity. I saw Force Awakens in IMAX 3D um, one of the times I saw That's it. That's another appropriate movie, I think. Yeah, but that one was shot um, 2D, so it did, yeah. I think they did do a little... I don't know what they did on Gravity. But, but we all know that everyone loved The Hobbit. Uh, the, the red camera i remember they're making a big deal about the red camera well and that that's all frame rate stuff that's the whole oh. thing we will jump yeah. into that at some point but all that to say i think it died down but i am pretty sure i guarantee you i guarantee you that uh after avatar 2 comes out it will be a race for 3d again and it's going to be everywhere again if, oh probably it, as yeah. long as the movie does well and people like it, it will be three... Every movie's going to get released That movie's going to do well, even if it's bad. Yeah, we'll see. Don't you think? I I think um, B, 
because the narrative, and I'm not the first person to point this out, I've heard other people say it, but James Cameron's always like, I'm going to make Titanic, and everyone goes, that's a horrible idea, it's going to fail, then it becomes the highest grossing movie ever. Same thing with Avatar, and no one wants more Avatar movies, but no one wanted Avatar, and no one wanted Titanic, and if he thinks that he needs to make four more Avatar movies, they're all going to be like the highest grossing movies of all time, Yeah, and everyone's going to go see them. So I'm pretty confident that next year, I think... Yeah. Everyone is going to flip their lids when that movie comes out and see it a hundred times in theaters. And yeah, it's going to be crazy. So hmm. I'm looking forward to reevaluating that series. So, or that I'm first not. movie. Um, um, okay. So Harry Potter. the movie opens with um, uh, the heel should not be named un- unrolling um, Dumbledore's tomb. And yes. he steals the wand. This is, I think, the first one where it starts. Correct me if I'm wrong. The first movie that starts not with the Warner Brothers logo, but with it just starts with a shot. I think so. And this is also you. This is footage we saw in the last movie, but so not this like is, this. We didn't see it like him going in there and stealing it. We just saw him. I thought we saw him steal it. No, not not like totally. You're it right. it, it kind of ended with that, but not totally. So this is like you see him. He steals it. He shoots up a light, a lightning bolt into the sky. It's a previously on little yeah. moment. Yeah. Um, and so the last movie we ended with um, Dobby dying. So then it cuts Ugh. to a grave and a tombstone that says, here lies Dobby, a free elf. Yeah. And then we are in um, a beach house that Bill and Floor live in. And it's used, it's a, it's owned by the Weasleys. And it's a safe house for people of the order. Um, they Just as a refresher, they have Luna, Griphook, Ollivander, Harry, Ron, Hermione, Bill, and Floor. Yeah. Um, so, which means Luna, Griphook, and Ollivander were just saved from Malfoy Manor, which is where we just were at. Yeah. So, we have um, Harry, Ron, Hermione going up to Griphook to, to discuss what's going on there. So, I, I think this is as, as maybe a younger person might be kind of lost in the, like, plot uh-huh. A little bit because it, it does. It's pretty complicated. Oh, yeah. um, so, and honestly, I am so blown away by his makeup that I, I kind of stop listening to what he's saying. Oh yeah. Cause it's so, it looks so good. Like he's down so to the teeth cool. and he, his, yeah, the voice and he's even choosing. when, when they're like, make the deal and he's like, what do you want? He's like, I want that, but he does it so slowly. And he's yeah. like, that is my prize. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, that's your prize. <laughs> yeah. So they're, they're discussing, they need to get into Bellatrix's, um, vault. Yes. And the they, they get to that conclusion. I I to- Oh yeah, because when they were at the Malfoy Manor, she was like, How how did you get the sword? Like how did you get it out of my vault? Which is like how so it's kinda like, oh, there's probably a horcrux like what else is in her vault if mm. she stole the sword of Gryffindor? Of course you do find out that she had a replica and the only people who can tell that it's a replica are goblins. Oh yeah, there's that cool scene where he looks at it and he's he says like it's a replica and all that stuff. Is yeah. that is that when they're in the vault or is that in this scene? I feel like it's in this scene. But they have the Can't actual sort remember. of Gryffindor. They do have the actual one because it presented itself to yeah. Harry and But anyway, Ron. when he like explains that, just Warwick, come on. I he's know. doing it. I know. So so they they make a deal and then Harry, Ron, and Hermione go over to Ollivander's room and crazy guys, same actor. From the first movie. Same oh, Ollivander. Yeah. Because yeah. Um, he hasn't really been in these movies. Be- like, it's just been so long. Right. Um, 
So they're, they're talking to him about like these. So they stole some wands when they ran away from Malfoy Manor. So they want to know whose they are. Mm-hmm. So he's feeling their wands. They have stolen Malfoy's and Bellatrix's. And I think other people, uh, like a couple other ones. Oh, maybe. is this when he so quizzes him? Well, he's, he's feeling Malfoy's wand. Uh-huh. And, and he's, you know, he's saying like, I sense that it's allegiance is elsewhere now. Very cool. And it's like, huh, I don't know. Overlook that. Um, <laughs> And then you also find out, like, Harry is asking about the Elder Wand. Uh-huh. Like, what happens if he gets it? All this stuff. And Ollivander's like, I'm sorry, but if he gets that wand, you guys re- don't really stand a chance. Yeah. Very cool. So, yeah. Love that. Setting the stage. It's not looking good. <laughs> no. No. So, then Hermione has a hair of Bellatrix's to use his Polyjuice Potion. Another yeah. great usage of something that we're already familiar with. Uh-huh. Um, turns into Bellatrix. That gets her them into the vaults. We're just going to blow past that. It's very... Well, I, I do just want to say okay. that, that Helena Bonham Carter being Hermione, you love to see it. Oh, it's great. You just She's love great. to see it. She does I a great mean, job. It's so fun. Yeah. It, and just seeing like someone who in the series we've only seen as like a cackling witch, literally, um, being like unsure and in the wrong spot, you're just like, man, when she greets Helena that person rules. in Nocturne Alley, and, and, <laughs> and, and like, looks like, you're Bella, like Bellatrix Lestrange. Yeah. Like she would never do that. Yeah. So also uh, one quick side note. Yeah. Um, the posters for both of these movies are like some of the greats. Yeah. I love the poster of them running in the woods. And then the poster of Voldemort and Harry face to face. Yeah. With the wand in between is just like, we are in for it. I feel like I my favorite them. poster of these the series is the first one because it's that classic painted oh, one. Oh, I do love the first um, one. Yeah, but yeah, no, you're. It is still a great poster. There's just something about the, um, especially the Deathly Hallows Part One poster that to me is so iconic. Which one's that? The one where they're running through the forest. Oh, and it's a um, yeah, it just shows like Ron, Harry, and. Um, I think because the rest of them have been more staged and they're like looking at the poster and then this one's them literally running. It's such a tone setter before you even walk into the theater. You're like, oh, this one's intense. True. I think that one's my favorite. That's true. I just love that yeah, that's poster. Good. Um, go ahead. So we're we're in the bank. It gets into the vault. Very cool. Very well shot. There's like no music and it's very high stress situation. And the dragon that's guarding it. Well, looks- they, now they're in it. Oh, okay. So then I, they they pass under a waterfall that um, if you pass under it, it washes away all um, charms. Yeah. So um, Hermione's no longer Bellatrix. Ron no no longer has facial hair. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the the one goblin that they took with them that they like charmed is like yeah. no longer under that spell. Yeah. Um. So they're dumped down to the bottom. They're and it's fine. like an amu- you're like riding a roller coaster. I'm sure that scene was like very 3D. Oh, I'm sure it was. <laughs> um. So yeah. So then we get to this part where there is this dragon, a white dragon that is chained, and it the animation is just stunning. So dive in because remember you pointed out how like like a lot of times for some reason white doesn't look so good when it's animated. I think it's because you don't you you can't put that much contrast in it. Yeah. Like. I think that's why it's so hard is to provide definition. I think what they do well is the contrast is seen in the set. Uh-huh. Um, and then you also see, I, I, to me, the dragon looks emaciated, like malnourished. Yeah. So I think that there's like extra detail in that. There's extra, like that provides extra sh- shading mm-hmm. looks really good. Um, 
but well, I, and they do a very good job of matching the lighting because he doesn't look yes, placed I think, there. I he think looks like he's also in the environment. The thing that you keep like that's people just can't do with white CGI is the lighting. Yeah, because I mean, I, it's the hardest thing to shade or figure out, and they just did. I mean, I'm it's sure they so spent good. so long. They had a whole team probably on this dragon. Yeah. Um, but I also I really like that they have to like play loud noises because it's conditioned to no pain when that happens. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's very well done. We're a little, just tidbit of information. Uh-huh. Hermione's really outraged at it, um, which is very in character. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get into Bellatrix's vault. Harry finds the Horcrux. They start touching things and they start multiplying, which is so doesn't look good. Cool. It looks so, and the like the um, the sound design and stuff is just as they're like popping apart and everything's multiplying by itself. Because if you touch something, it clones itself. Yeah, and it's so cool and it's very Indiana Jonesy. Yeah, um, and I think it's great that the this Horcrux is like the Holy Grail. Yeah, I guess what it, yeah. it makes you think of that, which is just folklore and yeah legends and stuff um although it's never said but right so they get it um grip hook says you guys are on your no- own now i didn't say i would get you out of here classic bad guy no he's not really a, you know classic shenanigans of those kinds of characters um he gets the sword and he leaves um so they need to start figuring how to leave meanwhile there are like guards and like people trying to shoot them down yeah <laughs> um so they're trying to figure all of this out they ride the dragon out Mm-hmm. big thing i think it's really interesting looks very good yeah it, just it continues looks, to look incredible i love the dragon even when it's an overcast sky maybe that helps or something yeah it must but uh so grip hook dies in that oh, scene he falls right he falls down maybe but we see the sword disappear uh-huh i can't remember the exact shot and it's just so oh, fascinating yeah. to me that like that's what he wanted and i'm just kind of like why would you want it if it's like, isn't it common knowledge that it, it goes to the people who, to, to a Gryffindor who deserves it? Well, I don't think it is. Cause he asks them how they got it in the first place. And he goes, it presented it to us in a time of need. I, I just assume that because he's a goblin and goblins know what a replica yeah. of it is. He would just know what it is. Not like it's important. I just yeah. think it's fascinating. Yeah. So yeah. So they, they get out and they ride the dragon until they are no longer riding the dragon yeah. <laughs> and they're, they're discussing on that hillside. What, what to do next on that hillside. Well, it's when they jump in the water and then they get out. Oh yeah. Are they yelling at each other? Well, no, they're just discussing stuff. I think kind of like okay. what's I going on and what happens. Keep, keep going. <laughs> it's just, a, it's like another part of the things where it's like, this is cool. What are they saying? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, also when you see it so much, it's what, you know, yeah. you don't really think about the minutia. Mm-hmm. of everything good word that's a ten dollar word if i ever heard of one thank you so what happens after that so then um i mean we have found out that snape is headmaster of hogwarts um and we go to hogwarts isn't that right no 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 they go to dumbledore um rubus or uh dumbledore's Abiforth? brother abaforth um because he, right in the next part i think so sure let's just and do it's it it's okay if not i just can't remember <laughs> But we, so yeah, we we are. It's revealed to us that that shard of mirror that Harry has been looking into is not Dumbledore. In the book, he he thinks it's Dumbledore. Well, and it looks like I kept it thinking looks, it was Dumbledore. Yeah, I think you're I supposed like, to think that. Yeah, because yeah. Harry's thinking that. They as, did a as good like job a, of like replicating a, that. He's guiding them. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, they, they find out it's Aberforth. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, because they go to that place that the sirens start blaring, 
And yeah, he lets them in their house, his house. Sorry, I'm just remembering. Okay. <laughs> um, like, we, we're good. We're so it's Aberforth, who is Dumbledore's dad or <laughs> brother, and he does not like Dumbledore. Um, he's got a lot of resentment towards him for past things. Mm-hmm. Kind of like uh, asking Harry all these questions that Harry doesn't know the answers to. And he's like, and you're just going to trust this person you don't even know? And there's this portrait of a girl, of a young girl, and they, they find out that it's... Dumbledore's sister and Aberforth makes a comment about how like she trusted him and she died because of it. Yeah. So I just wouldn't trust him pretty much. And I just, it's another one of those moments where Harry's like, I don't care what you're feeling. And I don't care about any of it. We just, we need to get this done. And he told me to do this and I'm going to do it. Yeah. Um, so he, yeah, so he he lets the, the his sister goes back in the portrait to get someone, and then he leaves. And I just like that the like Hermione makes a comment of like, like he doesn't really seem like someone who's actually given up. Yeah, because he says he's, he's given up. Yeah, yeah, that was the moment I wanted to make sure we highlighted. Yeah, and then um, because he also helps them get to Hogwarts through the picture tunnel. So that, that Neville. Yeah, uh, gets them at. So we which discover is very cool. Yes, that all of the any entrance into Hogwarts now is guarded. So no students can get out. This is the last one that's unguarded. And it's because they had to like carve it out. They had to create a new one. Yeah. Um, which is crazy. And like Neville's beat up. They get back. They get into this room where everyone else is. And everyone just looks terrible. Yeah. And you find out that like, like teachers or per, like certain professors who are definitely death eaters are like forcing y- older kids to practice the Cruciatus curse on first years. And, w- and which you, one's that curse? That's the torture one. Okay. It's one of the unforgivable ones. Yes. Um, so that's why like a lot of people are beaten up because yeah. like they refuse to do these terrible things. That's right. Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah. Um, um, and then you're kind of at this point in the movie, you're kind of like, okay, what's going to happen next? Like, are we just going to go because we had a first parter and the second parter can't really lag, you know? Well, okay, I will combat that with... No, I'm not I, saying it does. Oh, okay. I'm not saying it does. I was going to be like, this movie doesn't stop no. until it's over. No, it doesn't. I'm. That's what I'm saying. Okay. So, they... There's Ginny. Hi, Ginny. She runs... She, he goes. Oh, don't care. Um, <laughs> okay, so they... I don't know why I said that. So, they get to the main hall. And, and there's, this is a good scene. Yeah, I love this. Finally see the guy from Game of Thrones and the Witch. Yes. That we were trying to figure out. Um, uh, two and episodes ago or whatever. So the, the Cairo, Cairo twins are the those two ones standing by Snape. Sure. Um, and Snape is saying, it has been discovered that Harry is on the premises. If no one tells me where he is, you'll regret it. Uh-huh. And then immediately Harry walks out and you're just like, oh, cool. Well, <laughs> this isn't going to be but, half the movie of them trying to figure it out. You but know what, what, I mean? I, what I like about this, though, is a student walks out and you don't know who it is and you're like, who's turning in yeah, Harry? Yeah. This sucks. And then he pulls back his cloak and it's Harry. Yeah. And you're like, the triumphant return of the hero. And everyone's shocked and it's so great. And uh, yeah, you're just like, oh, this movie isn't slowing down. <laughs> and then McGonagall and Snape have a huge match and Snape runs away like a little girl. Yeah, which is cool when you know that Snape is a double agent. Yeah. Um, y- you realize that like McGonagall's like, no, you're not going to do this to the kids. I'm taking over the school. And she starts fighting him. And Snape, I feel like he could just be like, death curse, get her out of there. If he really wanted to. He, all he's, he's doing he is chooses defense, to fly away. Defense stuff. And yeah. she's throwing like nut stuff at. She's going for the kill. Yeah. And it's just cool to see McGonagall, who we've been with this whole time, who I've always liked, and she's like one of the best of mm-hmm. like the supporting cast. 
but to see her kind of like make a decision outside of following the rules is really satisfying. And I think too, like this, you have to like, it's like, what has she been going through this whole time? Cause she's an authority figure in the school that is like hurting children. Yeah. Like what is she doing? And I think that by seeing Harry show his face that it gave her the courage to be like, okay, we're taking things over now. Yeah. And then they put the castle in lockdown. Yeah. Um, she talks to Flitwick at one point mm-hmm. and they have a nice, conversation and it's so cool she uses a spell she's always wanted to use yes but she gets all the armored dudes down yeah and and she says um she says we got to prepare for voldemort and someone i I think it's flitwick is like what are you doing saying his name and she's like he's coming anyway doesn't matter i'm not afraid to say it anymore and you're like yeah yeah Um, and they they set up a shield yeah through um magic yeah and then shocker so this is what needs to be done now Ron and Hermione need to figure out how to destroy the Horcrux that they just got from Bellatrix's vault. And they know to go to the Chamber of Secrets to do it because they don't no longer have the sword that can do it, but they know where a basilisk is and a basilisk fane can do it. While they're doing that, Harry needs to find the lost diadem of Ravenclaw. Sure. And to which Luna wonderfully helpful tells him like no one alive has seen it. You have to talk to someone who's dead. Yeah. So he talks to Rowena Ravenclaw, I think, or her daughter. Can't really remember that. Um, yeah, totally. And I, I like that interaction. That That's when, like, Voldemort and his army have shown up at that point, and they're trying to break down the barriers. So it's mm-hmm. like, it is calm before the storm. And she, she you know, she's kind of going through, like, yeah, a boy was really, this really creepy boy one time, like, said, like, You're talking lied. Ravenclaw again? Yeah, like, he, he lied to me about this, and he did something terrible. So I'm never going to let anyone do that again. And she's like, you even remind me of him. She's talking about Tom Riddle. Yeah. All to be said, she tells him where it's at. Meanwhile, a lot of students and people uh, are like setting up, they're taking their battle stations. Yeah. And this is just done so well. I think you feel the weight of it. So like Lupin, um, Kingsley Shacklebot, Lupin's, I'm just going to say wife. I can't remember her name still. And it's been okay. days since the last one, whatever. So like they're setting up camp and they're seeing like all of the army out there and you just feel the weight of what's about to happen. And yeah, like kind of seeing, you got kind of like a Helm's deep vibe to the definitely. whole thing where it's where, you know, everyone's kind of preparing and they're like, this could be it. And, and I you, think they you, do a good job of like showing that and helping you feel that emotion as well. Especially when you see Fred and George mm-hmm. um, and, and Fred or George is like, how are you doing? Yeah. Like right before it happens and you're just like, <sighs> okay. Yeah. I think I can emotionally handle this. And then you find out you can't. I found out I could. Okay. Dobby was the worst. You want to take the next part? Uh, yeah. So let's go to Ron and Hermione. They go down into the Chamber of Secrets. Like Jordan already said, um, looked up footage. That door that they it's opened real? is a real door. How'd they do that? I don't know. It has the snake that goes around too. I saw I I saw the it's like a camera filming them filming and it really it does all the things that you see. I'm, it's amazing. I can't believe it. <laughs> yeah, especially because in the first in in Chamber of Secrets, I thought it looked a little bit CG, like the snake going around. But I mean, I don't know about Chamber of Secrets. Maybe they changed it, but I don't know why they would. Um very cool. Yeah. Um, and then when they go down into the se- the Chamber of Secrets, there is a skeleton of the basilisk, which is so cool. So they just grab um, a, a thing. thing from it, 
and um, it blasts a bunch of water on them, which was, I saw how they did that, which was kind of interesting. I hadn't really thought about how they do those scenes, but it's they're just surrounded by green screen okay. besides like l- particular parts of the set, you uh-huh. know, which is a, a lot of the sets in this, you know, it, yeah. it's like a set and then there's green screen yeah, yeah, around yeah. it. Um, and then there's just a lever and like a big thing above them that just shoots water. And then a lot of the extra water is added in later. That makes but sense. But like the water they have to interact with. Yeah. Um, also another thing, oh yes, the scene where they come up out of the water after, um, they're in Gringotts. Yeah. Um, I was trying to figure out like how they do, I wasn't trying to figure out, I just didn't realize how they do out, like when they're on location outside. Okay. But they, what they'll do is they, they put a green screen around the area where they're filming so that they can change the environment. Oh yeah. I've seen that. Past that. I didn't realize they I've, did like, that. I've like specifically seen that video. I don't know why. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I like pick, I know what you're talking about. But I'm like, oh, and that, the water that makes was really sense. cold. I think so. That's what um, I remember. <laughs> yeah, it, it's just um, isn't it a blue screen? It might be a blue for screen that one? actually. Yeah, but um, uh, that's just wild because then they can make it look like it's outdoor or like like you know they can change what they can it change looks the landscape like. how they need it to be or probably a little bit of the, the weather. weather. Jinx one two three four five six Stop. seven eight. Ah, no soda for me. Okay, so, so uh, they get the basilisk tooth thing and then they they head back up and no they, they this make is out when they find core. out that they really do love each well, other i don't think they find out i think they finally like no. they went through a really stressful experience right there not like they haven't before and then they're like we might die also so. very funny watching behind the scenes because i don't know if they would do this nowadays but the interviewers are always like so what was it like kissing emma watson so what was it like kissing rupert it's like always like goes back to how was the kiss how was the kiss and i'm like i feel like they wouldn't ask those questions anymore no um but it's kind of cute but also there aren't many movies where they've been doing this for like 10 years yeah that's true it kind of makes sense in a weird way um so let's catch catch up on the villains what where are the villains at or are we caught up on the villains because i know snape is freaking out i mean you don't really see snape i mean uh, i'm sorry voldemort yeah and we're gonna say his name now because we ain't scared of him no more thanks for giving me permission Uh, um (laughs) So yeah, him as army are out there. You like, I mean, this happened earlier, but s- some guys like run th- into the barrier and they disintegrate. <laughs> yeah, w- kind of wild. Really cool effect. So you also see a lot of snatchers going to another bridge that we've seen before in the previous movies, and Neville's the one manning that one and just like, yeah, who and your you and whose army kind of thing. And um, what's cool about this is seeing Neville like come into his own. He's like he's a man now. He's wearing you know? a fat suit and teeth at this point. He I think he's he was, not even fat in the movie, though. Oh, compared to what he actually looks like, Micah, he is wearing a little is bit of a really? fat suit. That I've read that. Yeah, I've seen me. it. He does, huh? Be- because he like he looks whatever. Skinny. That's just weird. Yeah, to me. yeah. Have you seen Matthew Lewis, Micah? I haven't. No. Oh, we'll look up a picture later. <laughs> like he he is like, and I, I mean this objectively. Uh-huh. Everyone's like, how many? How many? Who? Uh huh. In terms of hotness. Yeah. Um. Anyway. So every time they de- they defeat a Horcrux, it it cuts to Voldemort in excruciating pain uh-huh. because they're killing a part of him. Right. So at, at the point, so let's just blow through this really quick. So Harry goes into the room of requirement where the diadem is, finds it. Also Malfoy and two other guys are in there, and they're chasing them. One of them starts that that fire. Yeah. A, a, a specific fire that Sydney reminded us or told me. That that is a that is one of the few things that can kill Horcrux is the certain spell that that fire was. 
Um, and she she said that Hermione knew that spell even when they were in the forest with the locket. But as you can see, that guy didn't know how to control it. That's why she oh, didn't okay. use it. I'm she, not as into that. That's more minutia. I um, don't. I like the idea of Hermione not knowing how to destroy it by any means necessary. She, okay. I like that. Forget more. that I said it. And I'm subscribing to so, that. So. Starts a fire, a snake fire. No, more like an animal fire because there's a lot of animals and fire. That is the fire. What? Because there was like a snake and then there was like a lion. Oh, and then okay. there was like a bear thing. <laughs> I did not track with you. Whatever. On that. So then they get brooms. They save Malfoy and the other guy. One of uh, Crab or Goyle dies. And then they get out. They destroy it's the nice diadem. It's nice that he saves uh, Draco. Because he's the good guy. Yeah, that's it's nice. So, see again, Voldemort freaking out, super, like, in so much pain. Harry, it also really affects Harry, and then that's when Voldemort's like, Nagini, come with me, we need to stay safe. Nagini, very cool N- name. Nagini is a horcrux. Yes. Um, and then what's crazy is Harry's freaking out when the diadem is destroyed, and Ron's like, like, are you okay? Are you okay? And you can just see Hermione's face of, like, she's she knows. Uh-huh. That he that they're not done and that he's a horcrux, yeah. but she won't say anything because you know she's too afraid to say anything. Yeah. Um. So as that's going on, there is a war happening now. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, a lot of people are dying. Let's yeah. just say that a lot of incredible effects and a lot of incredible action shots in this part. Um. I don't. I don't want to get into too much detail about it just for the sake of it. But like, like I said, a lot of people dying, the school is being ripped apart. And, um, at this point they have the locket, the Holy grail, the diadem. And they've already done and then the, book the other two and the ring. Yeah. So they have five Horcruxes done. And th- it's as if they think that there's like maybe one more. And it's as if they have forgotten, like they haven't really considered anything else. Uh-huh. Like any of the other ones yet. Yeah, this is where I think, like, I don't know if the books do it a little more, but I'd say the script is a little bit loose um, if I give it a complaint because they're like, yeah, we just have to get one more, the Snake Nagini, once he kind of figures that out. But it's like, it's like, but it's pretty established in the previous movie that there are seven. Like, Well, Dumbledore said seven. Yeah, so, so it's kind of like, I know you had brought up the point that it's like maybe Harry is just not in denial that he yeah. is the last one. But I think for me, that's a little lunky. I'll just personally say. And I don't say. even know if it's denial. I think it's a, uh, it gets, when you're on a quest like this and you need to get numbered things, yeah. you, you like once you figure out some of them, you don't care about the other ones because you need to just get those because that's what you know. Yeah. And then once you're done with those, it's like, uh, you're, you've like forgotten those things. Yeah. And I probably am just giving it too much credit, but that's where my mind, that's how my mind well, and, and you it. love it, so you want to like justify some yeah. of the that, and yeah. that's don't fine. talk down to me. I'm not. I'm definitely not. I just personally, I, I was like confused because I was like, they're, they're saying like we need one more, and yeah. I'm like, but it's established seven. Did, did I miss one? No, or, yeah, you didn't. Um, well, so, I know now. No, yeah, I know. <laughs> um, so we discover that um, Voldemort is at the boathouse because Harry sees it. Yeah, yeah. So they go to the boathouse. Love the set. Love how quiet it is compared mm-hmm. to everything that's going on. Lucius is there. Oh, right. And um, he looks bad. He looks worse than he did in the last movie. They're reprimanded, whatever. Uh, and throughout this whole time, Voldemort has realized that the wand is not totally giving in to him. Yeah. So he gets Snape. Snape comes there. Ron, Harry, Hermione are like spying on them. 
And Voldemort has come to the conclusion that whoever kills the last person to wield the Elder Wand, like, that's, that's theirs now. And he's like, and since you killed Dumbledore, I'm sorry, you've been a wonderful, faithful servant, but I have to kill you to get all of its power. Uh-huh. And before Snape can really even do it, <coughs> bless you, before he can even do anything, uh, Voldemort slits his throat. Yeah. And that, that then lets Nagini kill him more. Yeah. So then Voldemort takes off. Harry, Ron, Hermione, they come up to Snape and S- Snape to Alan Rickman doing some great acting. He, he like requests that he, he says, take them to his tears. Yeah. And so he takes them and then he goes to the memory box Pensies. palace, um, pool, the memory box palace pool. Um, what, what is it called? The pensive, the, pe- the pensive, pensive. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and then we find out that he was in love with Lily Potter and he well, don't, come on, let's spend a minute on it. Okay, it's a crucial it. moment of the movie. That I is the reason of, why I love him. Yeah. Um, okay. So you see a young girl. <laughs> okay. Oh well, my I won't gosh. do that much. <laughs> but you, you, you see Lily as a young girl who is rejected by her sister because she does magic. And then she meets Snape as a boy. And he's an outsider as well. Yes. And they bond. And then they go to Hogwarts and introduction of James Potter, who was a troublemaker and a bully, yeah. which we have found from previous, from six. Kind of a Draco well. Malfoy type. No, not like that. Um, and then you, you kind of find out too, like this funny thing of like Lily didn't even like James. Uh-huh. Like this is more explored in the book, but like because he was so obnoxious, uh-huh. um, kind of like your parents before what? they dated. Oh, okay. I'm like, what? I'm I'm totally kidding. Well, I'm not. That seems to be. Yeah, my mom thought my dad was very obnoxious. Yeah, as children, because he would go around um, like this church camp, just like wear with a shirt off and his hairy chest, just kind of like strutting. I mean, I wouldn't like it. I wouldn't like him either. No, no. It's (laughs) it's surprising that things worked out the way they did. (laughs) And now you're here, and Rebecca. Yep. We are here. Anyway. Hey, Rebecca. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So then um, we fast forward. You see Lily and James get married. They have a kid. You see this whole time that Snape has not moved on. You've also, you also see this whole time or you, you discover like, okay, Harry's parents have been killed. Okay. They're, Lily, Lily sacrificed herself. That, that's why Harry's not dead and he's special now. Uh-huh. And the whole time this is Dumbledore and Snape having these conversations and Dumbledore pretty much telling him like, we need to make sure that he is alive long enough so that he can get killed. Yeah. And where Snape is, it's, it's, I just like the dyma- dynamic of where Snape is appalled by that. Cause he's yeah. like, you're, you're leading the a sheep to the slaughter. Uh-huh. Um, but it, I mean, it makes sense cause this is the big reveal that Harry is a Horcrux yeah. and the only person who can, I mean, not actually, but really actually who can kill him is Voldemort. Now, can I pause and tell you my experience with the Horcrux twist? Yeah. So I have had a couple of very famous movie twists spoiled for me. I can think of three oh. of them and I'm going to tell you one of them and it is the Harry Horcrux. Cause this is a very big Big, Don't like, tell me the sixth sense twist. is one of those other ones. That, that doesn't count. Okay, then two. Because, I mean, I feel like everyone our age knew that before they saw the That's movie. That's true. Um, but that was because of According to Jim, they mentioned it, and I used to watch that show every week. Anyway. Oh, do you mean the Bruce Willis part, though? That he's a ghost. I don't think I knew that until I watched it. Yeah, I knew that. But I feel like I in pop culture, it. I heard about it, but I didn't understand it. Oh, yeah. 
I just when I started the movie, I was like, oh, okay, so he's a ghost. You know, that's oh, yeah, how I, I went into the sixth sense. I'm gonna watch that movie again. Anyway, yeah, that'd be a fun one to rewatch. Um, okay, so um, I have I was currently rewatching the entire series or watching the entire series for the first time, Harry Potter, and um, uh, Veronica. Your sister and I used to work together, and we worked together again, but we used to work uh, at the coffee shop at Holy Joe's. And so I think we had to go do something or like, you no, know, we went to a teacher meeting because it was at Cascade and we had to go to those teacher meetings for some reason. So we were going to it and we were in the car and I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm starting to really like this series. I think by then I was a Half-Blood Prince. Mm-hmm. Yes, I was because I was like, yeah, and we just found out like the Horcrux thing, which is pretty cool. And then she goes, oh, so you know, like, isn't it crazy when you find out that Harry's a Horcrux? And I was like, oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> I remember you being kind of mad. I was pretty upset about it. Yeah, so I, I, I didn't I didn't get to experience it. And especially when rewatching it this time, I'm like, yeah, it's totally set up as a twist, too. It's supposed to be something that you're like, no way, what? And... When you know that, you just think it's like super obvious. Like how how could anyone not know it? But it's well, not yeah. obvious. Yeah, I mean, so and I think she just mixed up the movies. You she know? did, yeah, and uh, it's understandable, and I get it. The other one, just so you know, I w- I'll get into it whenever we cover this series. But um, Darth Vader being Luke Skywalker's dad, I knew that uh, the first like frame of Star Wars, the first movie. So that doesn't count either. My dad told me when I, he sat me. Yeah, but I feel like most kids our age like knew that before they saw the movie. That movies. counts. That definitely counts. Okay. Because my dad's... Okay, I'm going to tell you. My dad sat me down to watch Star Wars A New Hope, and I didn't know what Star Wars was. And he's like, okay, so that guy, that's Luke's dad. How old were you? I don't know. How old do you think you were? I don't know, seven or something? Your dad probably thought you were too dumb to get it. <laughs> I Okay, keep going. <laughs> keep going. And you're also in trouble. Yeah. I get it. Um, okay, going back, sorry, going back to the memory. So, yeah, we discover that Harry is a Horcrux, and Snape needs to ensure that Harry stays alive. And yeah. and kind of, like, throughout this whole time, him and Dumbledore are having these conversations, Dumbledore is telling him, like, like we need to wait until the exact opportune moment for this to happen. Mm-hmm. And when we find out, we find out, too, that and Half-Blood Prince, when Dumbledore's hands blackened from destroying the ring, um, you find out that he only had a year to live anyway. Yeah. So his death, like, of course, it's still terrible. It was expected, like, even more um, in advance. But that's smart writing because now you, like, I know a lot of people don't like Snape, but it gives you even less reason to dislike him because you're, like, he's almost, like, putting him out of misery. Well, it's crazy, too, because, like, you know, Dumbledore knows that Snape is a double agent. Yeah. This whole time. So it's only him and Snape who know that Harry's a Horcrux. Yeah. Besides people who have like not really like besides Hermione who has figured it out. Yeah. Um, so that means what Dumbledore is telling him like when I die, it is up to you to make sure that he stays alive until he needs to die. Yeah. Which is just crazy because this whole time this professor who is like clearly hated Harry so much mm-hmm. like is the is like one of the reasons why Harry has stayed alive for this long. Um, which time and time again, we have seen in the movies when he is played to be the bad guy, it always ends up not, but he has done something to help the good guy. Yeah. Um, and I, I just love, I think I mentioned this in an earlier podcast too, but it, it goes back into 
Snape telling Harry how terrible his dad is and how lazy and how much of a fool he was. He never has a bad word to say about Lily. Yeah. Ever. And I just love, love, love the the shots of him walking into the house, the Potter's house, right after the parents have been killed. Yeah. Because he, he like knew it was going to happen. Of course, because he's a death. Like he knew these right, things. Right, right, right. And he couldn't. I mean, I am imagining he was trying to get there in time to save them somehow, but he was too late. Yeah. So he gets there and I just, I love, I remember seeing this for the first time and just like jaw dropped about it. Him like, like cradling Lily, like sobbing and she's dead. And I'm just like, I I don't even know what to say right now. This is so crazy. And he's not like concerned about the child in that moment, which is telling. Because like the deed's been done too. Um, in but, terms- but, you know, I think the obvious reaction is like, there's a crying child. I need to take care of it. But he loves Lily so much that he goes straight to her and totally. doesn't worry about the child. And I, I like too that like, so this whole time you find, you know, it's like Harry was spared because of his mother's love. Like her mm-hmm. love is the reason he's alive. You find out, yes, that's true. However, he's not alive without like a caveat to that. Yeah. Like a part of Voldemort went into Harry when he did the, the killing curse on him. Yeah. Um, and then, and then we cut back to like Dumbledore and Snape again, having these conversations and they're in Dumbledore's office and Snape does his Patronus charm mm-hmm. and it's a doe. Yeah. Yeah. And same and as Lily. I just love that Dumbledore's like surprised yeah. and he looks at him with these wide, like eyes of like, like this whole time. Yeah. And Snape says always. Yeah. And then for, for people who have not read the books, like it, it is possible for your Patronus, like for you and the love of your life, it's possible to have the same Patronus because that conveys like a deep personal love connection. Well, now we know that it was Snape who guided him in Hallows 1. Yes. To, to, the, to, to the, the sword, sword. Of Gryffindor. Okay. Yeah. Let's keep going. <laughs> okay. Let's get through this movie this evening. Um, this is all very good stuff though. Please don't take it offensively. Um, but now after you're done burping, uh, th- is this resurrection stone time? Well, it's when right after that, well, well, like in that time, Voldemort's like, Harry, I will kill every last man. Oh, and he's like and talking in people's, uh, heads. heads, which is very cool. Yeah. And, and Ray finds performance in this movie is fantastic. On. Um, it's as if the whole time has been leading up to this moment, although he's been perfect the whole time too. Yeah. Um, he's just very, I would, I mean, after rewatching it for sure, I'm like, oh yeah, he's like one of the great movie villains for sure. Absolutely. Like he goes in that list with Darth Vader and, and, um, uh, that's it. I just, I, Vader I, and Voldemort. Just to go into, I know we've talked about it, but the design of him too. It's so good it's and it's so, so snake-like. Good. It's so snake-like. It's also so lifeless looking. Like he doesn't look, he, he doesn't if, look well. He looks, he, it's, it's the equivalent of Palpatine to me. Yeah. Of like the, the evil and the depravity has but caused him to I, look that way. What I like about him versus Palpatine is Palpatine is like the like, super villain bravado and he is like this eccentric like he's the same like makeup kind of stuff but he's kind of weird and eccentric and not quite right whereas that whereas emperor palpatine's like strike me down you know yeah which i like him to uh, in some of the movies yeah and it's been cool throughout the books to see like tom riddle's transformation yeah but of course once you get to this point it's like tom riddle died a long time ago yeah, yeah. That he so yeah, it is, you can just see it. He lost his, his nose. That's how he died. Um, 
chopped it off. So he says, if Harry death. doesn't come to the Forbidden Forest in like an hour, that's right. I'm going to kill every last woman and child. Yes. And then Harry's like, gotta go. Peace, Ron and Hermione. Yes. And, and, and yeah. Does he, where, when does he find the, he opens up the, what, how does so, he get the so remember stone again? It says, I open at the close. Oh, yeah, in the... So he finds out by touching it in the last movie, by touching it to his lips, like, that's what was revealed to him. Yeah. So I think throughout, this is the moment where he's like, this is the close. You know what's wild is that um, I'm sure... I, I, I can almost guarantee you, because we've talked about through this whole series how the producers and directors were all like, we want to present J.K.'s story. Yeah. And you can almost guarantee that, like... <laughs> there was a moment where they're like, how come Harry can't just catch it in, in the uh, Philosopher's Stone? Yeah. And and they're like, yeah, well, let's write that. And we sent it to JK. And she's like, no, guys, you can't. He can't catch it. He can't. It ha- he has to catch it in I his need, mouth. I need that, actually. And they're like, okay, we'll try and make it goofy and fun. That's weird. Okay. Yeah. And, and now um, they're all like this. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> so he opens it. The res- Doesn't it appear? It floats up and then floats yeah. into his hand. Very cool. Resurrection stone. And at this moment, well, before then, but Harry is in possession of all of the Deadly Hallows. Yes. Very, um, well, no, he's not at this moment because Voldemort has the Elder One. No, but it answers to Harry. Yeah. Which I, means but he, he, it's, he's in possession. Okay. To, all right. Well, I guess if people want to argue the other thing by the end of the movie, argue it. Fine. Yeah. I guess it doesn't really matter. It, either way, it's very cool. Um, and then he gets killed by Voldemort. Well, we wait think. a second. Some preamble. <laughs> oh my gosh. So he uses the resurrection stone to resurrect his parents, Lupin and Sirius, which uh-huh. is kind of like, uh, how many, how many, who Harry or Lupin's dead, which actually before this, we, it was revealed to us that Lupin and his wife are dead, uh-huh. which is nutso. And then we find out that either Fred or George, I can't remember is dead, which is just like, I never thought I would ever see that. So can I throw a complaint at you? Okay. I just think this movie goes, 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 goes. And I think that it would be a better movie if we had a few moments to reflect on stuff. Because we really don't get reflection except for in the Snape memory scene and like the last scene of the movie. And what would you want reflection on? It would have been nice if like those deaths weren't just a camera pan. Yeah. Because I hardly even realize what's going on. Yeah. And it's like, especially Lupin, I think about, um, I really like that character. And it's like, oh, he's just dead. Nothing. Yeah. No, there's not like a scene where he dies or there's not like a moment where Harry gets to like do something with him or anyone. It's just like, yeah. he's dead. Fred's dead. Um, and I'm just curious if they were going for like, a, this is kind of how it is in real life. It's just so shocking. Yeah. And it, that doesn't mean that you should do that when you're writing a book or a movie. But I yeah. wonder if that was something they were going for. And, you know, the whole movie is like a war movie, but yeah. I, d- I don't think that the series has treated characters in that way. It, yeah. To me, uh, like, you know, you say like the emotional impact of this movie. To me, I don't feel that as much, mostly because they don't, I don't feel like they give that to me. Yeah. Like when Dumbledore dies, you're like, oh my gosh, you yeah. feel that. Lupin dies, you're like, okay. I, I think that because like it's a second parter in a two part movie. I, I just feel like they, that's a choice where they were just like, we can't spend that much time on it. We got to yeah. blow by it. And I can't remember in the book if it's similar. I really can't. Yeah. So it could be similar in the book where they just kind of was blown by just a bummer for the time for being. Me. Yeah, I get that. I mean, even in, um, I immediately just thought of 
two towers, Helm's Deep, that elf that we like barely know. He gets a was, moment. He gets a moment. Yeah. And it's emotional. It's emotional. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I think they could have done something. Yeah. I mean, I um, guess you could argue that this is Lupin's moment right now because um, Harry right. resurrects him. Um, and then you, you find out, and this is, I feel like, more for book people. You find out that Lupin has a kid. Yeah. And Harry's concerned about that. And then he, he talks to his parents, talks to Sirius, and he, I just like, he asks Sirius, like, does it hurt? Does dying hurt? And he says, quicker than falling asleep. Yeah. And then Gary um, Oldman, one line, give him an Oscar. <laughs> and uh, he, they tell him, like, we'll, we'll be here in his heart. Like, yeah. the, and that's where we've been the whole time. And I like, I do like this moment. Yeah. But okay. And yeah. then you can blow so past. Voldemort strikes him down. But he says a really good line. Oh my gosh. He says, Harry Potter, the boy who lived, come yes. to die. Yeah, what an that, epic that line. That is a good line. I'm glad you stopped Thank me. Thank you. And he kills him. What we think. Love how quick it is. We show up, and now it's like white. We're in heaven or something. Also, love the inflection of Ray Fine's <laughs> usage of the casting of the spell. Okay. I just think that he delivered that. I, I just wonder how many times he practiced that specific moment. He didn't. He never practiced anytime. He it, just showed just up. It's just so epic. It, th- those are all th- okay. just like and green screen from his house. Go on. That's just him go around. Go on. Where's Harry? Where's so he's he in to? the afterlife. He. It, it's. Um. I wish the design was a little bit cooler. I'll say that. It's okay. I think it could be a little nicer. Um. But it is. It is like the white glowy. You I have know? an opinion about it. Okay. Uh, I feel like when you write series that are so freaking big, as big as Lord of the Rings, uh-huh. things in Star Wars, and you're going to deal with something as fatal as death, uh-huh. I think that a lot of people, writers, cannot, like, they have a hard time going there. And I'm not saying, I think all this is important and it's really cool, but I think a, a part, there's a little part of it of like, like, oh, this is it? okay oh yeah and it's kind of like yeah that's all i could do yeah <laughs> that that's my opinion about sometimes when i read stories that like deal with themes like this and it's kind of like oh yeah okay i think i've I, like a like a couple stephen king books kind of feel like that okay to me that's my well opinion. And, and it is kind of yeah yeah and i don't I, mean dark tower I just, i'm not I just talking think, about dark tower yeah I think that the the set could have been a little more interesting because it wasn't that interesting. I didn't think, but he looks under a bench mm-hmm. and it's it's like it's like a train station. He's at he's at King's Crossing, mm-hmm. and um, but it's it's heaven version. Well, I don't and, think um, he's in heaven. No, I know, I know. I'm just saying. Oh, okay. Um, and he looks under a bench and there's a gross like um like animatronic like baby Voldemort that's covered in blood and, and it's, it's like nasty. I, do you think it's like the version of him that Voldemort just killed? Yeah, like the Horcrux I, I think, part of I was, I was trying to understand the resurrection stone and the fact that Harry doesn't actually die. So I was looking stuff up before we started because I think it's a little confusing. The resurrection stone's involved? No, I was, because here's, here's what confused me. When we got done with the movie, I was like, how did he come back to life? Because... And I explained this. I know, and I still didn't understand. Yeah. So, so that's you- why I looked some stuff up. And so it was, it just explained what you said, but it reworded it in a different way that like i was like okay i get it so how did it word it so it's like he voldemort killed the part of him that is him yeah and that's the little baby and that that's why harry gets to choose to go back yeah which i think i like i'm not sure as a storytelling device i think it's interesting it is it is interesting and it's definitely like out there it's an interesting interesting, it's an exercise of like going back to storytelling 
we have read and seen a lot of stories where the protagonist has to do something that he was never, he never chose to do. Uh He never chose to be a Horcrux. And I think it's exercising that like you, this is your second chance. It's, It's like you have done your selfless act and now you get to choose to go back or stay here. That's how I see it. Yeah. I think it's an interesting thing. Um, I think that the, I mean, maybe I just am not smart at, at the, at this series. Like, I think there's some things that like are just hard for me to understand. Um, but I just don't think that that is articulated very well. I, okay. I didn't quite like, like, like I said, after the movie and I mean, I paid attention and everything and I was like, what, wait, huh? Yeah, he dropped like, the stone before he went and saw Voldemort. How did he come back to life? And you're like, no, he chose it. And I know Dumbledore says that, but I thought he was being metaphorical, not what do you literal. think about all the Dumbledore stuff. Cool. You did? Okay. Yeah. Um, and then uh, that's that's the afterlife section. Is that correct? Is yeah, there I more mean, you Dumbledore says some cool stuff, but that's fine. He does say a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. So now the stage is set. The children of Hogwarts are on one side. Voldemort brings the body of who he believes to be a dead Harry Potter on the other side. Oh, wait, 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 wait. This is important. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the whole podcast. So... Um, Narcissus Malfoy goes to check on Harry to make sure oh, he's yeah. dead. Yeah. Um, and she asks him, uh, oh, sorry, you were looking out the window. She, yeah. she asks him. The windows are open. Um, I just wanted to look outside. That's all. <laughs> she's asked if Malfoy's alive and uh-huh. Harry nods. And you were confused about this. Yes. Just because you were like, why would she not think he's dead? Pretty much. Wait, what, what? What what happens again? She goes over and asks him. She doesn't even like poke him. You know what I mean? It's not even like she really does a pulse check. Uh-huh. I don't think she does. And she's just like, is he alive? Draco. Yeah, that felt like a book thing, I yeah. guess, uh, to a non-book reader because it doesn't pay off in any way. Because yeah. it's not like at the end she goes, I changed my mind. She yeah. gets killed by Mrs. Weasley. Oh, no. that Wait. No, that's no, that's a Beatrix. Bellatrix. Bellatrix. I, um, it's just know. one of those things where it's like, oh, I'm sure in the book there's like a lot more to that. But in this, you just... I mean, we know that um, uh, Malfoy Sr. is... Um, like, he's really distraught. And you can tell his mom's distraught. And she just wants her child to live. Yeah. But, I mean, the next time we see him, they're just begging him to come to their side. That's all they care about at that point. Yeah. And so I don't... I, I guess you could say that it's because she does want the good guys to win um, at this point. But... I, um, I look at it as... Cause it was I, a little confusing. Yeah. So, like, haven't read the books in a long time, like I've said, this entire series. But uh, I look at it as... Um, the Malfoys have always been the classic bad, bad like on the bad guy's side the whole time, and they've never, never um, made you question that part of it. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm, but when you see in the last movie and this movie, especially Lucius's condition and Draco's, mm-hmm. um, they they're just terrified. I, yeah. I am. I imagine that there was a point, probably especially when Draco was ordered to kill Dumbledore, they were like. As, as if they were like, oh, this is real, and mm. I never realized that this is actually going to happen. I was just yeah. on the side that I thought would win. Yeah. Although I didn't ever really think. It's kind of like, yeah, I'll be on the bad guy's side because if they win, the good guys lose. I really don't want to be on the good guy's side. Right. That's how it feels. So I feel like throughout the course of the last two movies, they've kind of gone into the middle of yeah. the whole thing uh-huh. and they're now at a point of like whenever we think that we can get out of this we just need to get out of this sure and with her asking harry like i said can't remember in the book but i'm, I'm assuming 
because like Hermione knew that Harry was a Horcrux. I'm just like, I kind of give it the, maybe other people had the idea as well. Oh, I, that is not presented in the movie. No, it's not. And I'm just giving it. we're judging the movies. Yeah. Well, no, I, I'm judging the movie on that right now. Yeah. And I, I think I'm just, uh, yeah, just giving it the benefit of the doubt, regardless if that's the way it's done or not, it is obviously not done very well. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's done well. I'm just trying to make up for it, you know? Yeah. Okay. So now we're at the final, final battle and, um, it kind of looks like a chessboard which is kind of cool, like from the top view. And as we know, they had to scan the Hogwarts into the computer. So there's some different cool angles. Uh-huh. A lot of rubble everywhere. The, the school is getting destroyed. Oh, and we, I don't remember if we talked about this in this episode yet, but what's cool is we just, you know, we went through the Marvel franchise. Uh-huh. And we have made several comments during that franchise of like, oh yeah, it's it's a superhero movie. They'll destroy a city at some point, and uh-huh. I it's just for show. It's not like anyone cares about the city, right? But this, they like destroy the school, and I think the fact that the battle's at the school and you see it destroyed, there's an emotional attachment to it, and that actually carries weight. Yeah, because the school is kind of a character on in its own yeah. right, and they've treated it as such. Um, so it is kind of devastating to see it get destroyed. Yeah, rather than like New York City. Yeah. And it's like, oh, this has happened 17 other times, so. Yeah. So, the battle starts happening. Voldemort does this whole, like, speech where he's saying, we can't, we gotta get done with this. Yeah, but, this. like, the reveal of Harry but being alive. I and- haven't even got there. I'm talking about when he does the speech before, and he's saying, Harry's dead. Like, you guys gotta oh, come over that. to our side. And that's when they implore um, little Malfoy, Draco, to come over and and um neville kind of does his stand like you are not loved you won't be remembered that sort of thing yeah and then harry just bounces up and starts going crazy and then he runs off and voldemort shoots a bunch of bolts at him and there's some cool practical explosions that happen um which seem pretty scary if you're daniel ratcliffe yeah but radcliffe i always get it confused because of ratcliffe the ratcliffe's um uh medford zone ratcliffs uh but anyway so that happens then we we finally have the big last battle it's really cool a really funny thing though about this is if you watch any behind the scenes it is hilarious watching it so funny because it's just all these people quietly walking around going and there's no sound because they don't actually have magic. So it's all these people just, sh- all you hear is like shuffling shoes and clothing. And then you see these wands and nothing happening while all these people are doing this stuff. It's hilarious. I don't think it's it would be so unepic. I don't think I would be able to be an extra, <laughs> you know? And I'm yeah. sure, I'm sure that people who are extras are like, oh my gosh, you're going to be an yeah. extra in this. Who like, and they don't even think about how awkward it is, but. Yeah. Well, and there was one where I could have sworn that whoever was running the camera was giggling. No, no. Because <laughs> it wasn't the actual camera. Yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. they were behind the set, but it sounded like they did a little like. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. anyway, I would very much encourage you to seek that out. Some behind the scenes Battle of Hogwarts footage because it's just very goofy. Yeah. Um, so as they're they're battling, um, they're trying to get the snake. They still have a, a basilisk fang, but meanwhile, Voldemort is chasing Harry to kill yeah. him. Uh-huh. Um, and it gets to the point where he, he Voldemort gets rid of the basilisk fang and he's like, it's up to Ron and Hermione to do it because Voldemort keeps like running after Harry. And then Harry does that cool thing up on the top. And he's like, let's finish this, how it started together. And then yeah. they like flew out of the window. And I like the, the effects of their faces going together. 
Very cool. Yeah, Very that's cool. like the mushy, weird filming thing, right? Yes, yeah. Um, yeah, and then and then good old uh, Neville is able to kill Nagini when Nagini is attacking um, Ron and, and Hermione, who lose both their basilisk fangs. Yes. And, and it's it, cool because he has the sword of Gryffindor. Because it presented it's like itself to him. he's chosen at that yep. point. And he kind of yeah. fulfills his arc of like, not being the bumbling loser yes. anymore. He he like really takes a fun role in this movie. And I, I yeah, I'm glad that it wasn't Neville that she chose to yeah. do all of this. Um for You're all talking of JK chose. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm if I remember right, I'm pretty sure it's the same in the book. But yeah. uh I just feel like it's it's so earned on yeah. his in his yeah. character. And then um also the weight of the possibility that he could be in Harry's shoes right now. Yeah. Kind of thing. So um and Oh the, yeah, sure, because of the born on the same day thing. Yeah. So yeah. um she, so Harry and Voldemort are doing their, I forget what the word is, but they're they're battling. They're doing that cool effect. Yeah, where it's kind of like lava-y almost. Yeah, and that that's when Neville does get the snake. Yeah. Um, and it's really cool because as we've seen throughout the movie, Voldemort like stops. Mm-hmm. And he's like so in so much pain. Yeah. Because a part of him has just died. Uh-huh. And it, I like that because I remember the first time I saw the movie, I was like, oh. Yeah, so... I'm just going to say it, guys. The computer effed up, and it stopped recording. <laughs> it did. So, We've been recording for like 10 minutes after, and I look over, and I see that it says, like, too much CPU being used, and it, it crashed. Uh, so... Just go over the wand thing. Voldemort the, dies. Voldemort dies, the, the, and, then, and then the good guys win, and we Beatri- Bellatrix is defeated by Mrs. Weasley, which is fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, Vold- Voldemort, um... So we find out that the wand never bent to Voldemort's will. It never gave in to Voldemort because it is based on who disarms someone, not who kills yes. the last person who had it. And Harry disarmed Draco. So, so it's Harry's. Yes. And then, as you said, as we were recording previously, <laughs> so you see Harry, um, gets rid of, he, he breaks the wand and throws it off a cliff. Earlier yeah. on, he he abandons the the Death Stone. Yeah, Resurrection, resurrection Stone. Stone. Ooh, I know a Harry Potter thing, and you didn't. And um, so it, it's you know Ron and Hermione are kind of like shocked that he mm-hmm. would do that, uh, but as you said, like he he could, doesn't do anything with the cloak, the invisibility cloak. He keeps it because like from learning from the story, I forget what word you used, but. Well, well, it, now he he learned from the the Deathly Hallows that those things are like inherently evil for the most part, or they they cause evil. So he destroyed them, but the cloak does, is not inherently evil. Yeah. The cloak member he greets the death with, yeah. um, like an old friend. So yeah. he keeps the cloak, which is cool. Instead yeah. of getting, because I think if he got rid of the cloak, you'd be like, what? The oh yeah, so I think cool. so too. Um, and you can imagine he probably gives it to a son or something like that. Um, but. So, having said all of that, now we go forward 19 years to them at Platform 9 and 3 quarters. And I really, really love this scene because I think thematically and visually it ties together the entire series. Yes. So it kind of makes it, it harkens back to the Chris Columbus days. Yes. And it feels whimsical again um, and not as dark. I mean, literally and metaphorically not as dark. And as the, all of the actors are aged up rather than recasting people, which is a really great choice. Yeah, it would um, have been a disaster. I mean, you'd yeah. rather they look a little goofy than have different actors. Absolutely. Um, It'd be like, this is the last image we're going to see. Yeah. Or like not the main characters, yeah. you know? Um, so Harry's son 
Ron and Hermione's daughter are going off to school. And then we also get a shot of Draco sending his son off. Right. And I really like this shot because um, there's kind of this knowing look between them where like maybe in the future they could be friends or like they know what each other's been through. And, and I think Draco's not an enemy to Harry anymore. Yeah. And I think a lot there's some good acting uh, by the Draco guy in that shot Tom in particular Felton. yeah and we we mentioned that we think he looks the best aged up yeah he, he looks very good yeah. um and then harry's son is nervous about going to school because he doesn't want to be put into slytherin yeah and, which is cute yeah and and you know harry tells him like you really can choose it does take your your what you want into account and then we learn that his son's name is severus Sirius bobbity boobity but he's got a dumbledore and a snape reference in there and um, as this is what I was going to say before we noticed that yeah, the thing we can just off. move past that it crashed. Yeah. I I was saying that when I first saw the movie, it, I was freaking out uh-huh. that he named his his son these names. Um yeah. just cuz it's so wonderful. It's very and, cute. Yeah, and I totally was in the theater like I have to name my kid <laughs> Severus. I'm we're not naming doing my, that. No, no, we're not. But we're also not naming our kids uh Qui-Gon Jinn either, Micah. I never said that. I said middle name Kenobi. No, it's not I would, happening. I would be up for a discussion about Severus middle name the only, for sure. I think the only movie that I would be okay with naming kids after are Lord of the Rings names. Okay. But I, I mean, I think middle name is fair no Bilbo, game though. <laughs> to do something fun with. Yeah. Because I would be totally up for naming a middle name after a character that we really love. But we've discussed, well, we shouldn't say on mic in case it, people take it. But there's a character oh, that yeah, we really don't love. T- don't that, say it. Don't yeah, say it. Yeah, that no, one, no, no. we're both like, hands down, that's going to be our kid's name. Yeah. Um, Until it's not. <laughs> that's making me smile. <laughs> I know. I think um, about it all the time. It's such a cool name. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so... That's how the movie ends, and I, I I like how he tells his son that the I think you maybe didn't say this part in particular that like the Sorting Hat like takes into account what you that. want. You did say yeah. that. Okay. Um, uh, after hearing it three times, I wasn't sure, <laughs> but um, I really like the ending, and um, I to me, um, I I know that this is like a big world, and I know people really really love it, but for me personally. This is the story of this universe, and I'm good. Yes, like, agreed. And I think with this ending, like the fact that they made a play, the the Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, I could not be less interested in that idea. Um, especially because, well, I found I read a little bit about the play, and like his son does get into Slytherin and stuff, and it's like, I just like the open-ended I get to imagine. Yeah. I, like, let me do a little imagining, because... The series lends itself to imagine on the sides, but it doesn't necessarily lend you to like fill in a lot of blanks um, on the like main story. So it would be cool to have some of that. And for for me, it's like I I got really into the story. That I read all the books, mm-hmm. watched all the movies. I did Pottermore for a while, yeah. like super into everything. Um, but I think I just I didn't wasn't even on Pottermore for that long. I feel like because I think I just got to a point of like you know what? I'm done. Like, I'm just satisfied. I don't want to know. Like the cool thing about Pottermore is it tells a lot of backstories about especially professors that I really liked, but at the same, yeah. And it's, there's nothing wrong with it, but it's like, I'm just kind of, I'm good. I don't need any more. So then when they announced the fantastic beast movie, I was kind of like, okay, I mean, I don't want it. I know. Like I personally never asked for it. Yeah. And I, I fear, I, 
I, Jordan has seen Fantastic Beast one. I have seen neither movie, and I fear that the series um, going forward that um, J.K. Rowling is scripting as well. She is. Um, is that she's making bank? That they are going to try and make this story as like a big story. And I don't think that the universe needs that. But we will yeah. get into that in the next two weeks um, if it comes up. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I will really like these movies. Um, that's driving me nuts. Sorry. Um, not your fault. It's your phone's fault and whoever's texting you. Um, but uh, as far as this movie goes, we finished Harry Potter, Deathly Hallows. Um, I like this movie. I don't love this movie. Okay. And I'd like to tell you why, Jordan. Okay. I think it is a very noble experiment, and I wouldn't necessarily change it because I think it's really interesting that they took one book and split it into two movies. But one thing I don't like about it is it starts this trend where people do two-parters for books, and they do it more for monetary reasons than they do for story reasons. This one, I feel like it was... I mean, they didn't even want to split it originally. Mm -hmm. so It feels like a story reason. Yes, it's a story reason, and um, but I do really feel like this movie really suffers from being just the second half of another movie because it really feels like it's half a movie. It does but, not feel like a full movie. Yeah, yeah, to yeah. Me. And like to its credit, which we've mentioned in the movie, like in this episode already, that the movie just goes. Yeah. So that that's like uh, like you're saying that but but i know i know that you agree and you can say like but at least it just chugged along at least it didn't i do but it's it's feet. funny because i do like that about it but i also think that's its weakest point yeah because my favorite parts of deathly hallows one are when they slow down and it's yeah wrong i mean harry and hermione like trying to figure out how to destroy this horcrux yeah so um i like this movie and i again i don't think i would change it but I do real I I do think like if they remade it, God forbid. But if they did, I would hope they would figure out a way to make either a second part or um, just do one movie that could um, balance it all. Okay. I don't see how you could do it in one movie. But if you made two, have more of an arc because it doesn't feel. It's uh -huh. just like go 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 uh -huh. go go, and then all of a sudden it's like nineteen years later. You know, you know, I, I get that. I get that. Um, what do you what do you think? I love it. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it ties the bow like we've already mentioned. And this the whole the Snape arc that's been going throughout the entire series is finally resolved. Yeah. And you, you I just I am always a sucker for the characters that are like technically misunderstood. Uh -huh. And then you finally understand where they're coming from. And all I of know this. I love that. Yeah. And, and so that that's my favorite part of the movie. Yeah. Is is the resolution of of Snape. Yeah. And that that's why he's my favorite. Well, I want to hit you with can I give you I know we are gonna do a full series um ranking, but can I tell you my Harry Potter ranking of movies? Okay. Uh right at the bottom, number eight, uh Goblet of Fire, least favorite. Then my next one would be Half Blood Prince. Okay. Then it would be Deathly Hallows Part Two. Okay. Then it would be Philosopher's Stone. Um, wait, how many is that? Is that five? Five or four? Well, you so you oh. still have Deathly. Oh, Hallows. I'm sorry. It'd be it'd be um, Azkaban, then Philosopher's yeah. Stone, then um, Order of the Phoenix, Deathly Hallows one. 
I, kind of a weird mix. Yeah. It's all shuffled up. So I would say my least. Oh, oh chamber. I'm sorry. Chamber of Secrets right below Order of the Phoenix. So Chamber of Secrets. Oh, really? Three. You like Order of the Phoenix more? I do. I wow. really, that like really connected yeah. with me. I know for me, I th- I would probably say as of right now in a month, this could change. But as of right now, A Prisoner of Azkaban is my least favorite. Really? Over Goblet? Because I think it is too long. It is pretty long. So that's that's my. It's just it's too long. And as like talking about it, it it does it is too confusing. Yeah. And I, I know that part of that is because of the story. And every anytime you introduce time travel, it's convoluted. Yeah. But and you're you're not really the biggest time travel fan. It's, what do you mean? You're not. I don't think right. Or am I speaking out of turn? What else would I not like? That's time travel. Well, the time traveler's wife. Just kidding. I've never seen <laughs> no, that. I just feel like you're like, if I see time travel, I'm usually like, oh, I like it more automatically. I think that, um, but sometimes you're, you're, you, seem you consider to be inception time travel. Kind of. Yeah. Technically. Cause that's like my favorite S- one. Similar basis. Interstellar I, time travel in a way. I love interstellar. But you love those. I, I think that, but th- those are different because interstellar is about time dilation yeah and then inception's about dreaming so like time isn't really a thing yeah and then um oh and you love looper's looper. great but here's you like but here's travel. the thing what, looper doesn't do this that i think a lot of time travel stories do and that this is what i like sometimes there's no way around it uh-huh. but when you're doing a movie and let's say it's plugging ar- along and it really, we're like 45 minutes in and then we discover that we have to time travel uh-huh. and you're like do you mean i have to experience that 45 minutes again yeah. that's my issue sometimes like in this in person of Azkaban, i understand there's no way around it like yeah. like that's that is the story and it's uh-huh. not bad but there you will always get fatigue from me mm-hmm. always where it's like okay now i know what happens next that's the whole thing because i know what's going to happen yeah. And the the fun part about it though is like, oh, so that was them doing that. Yeah. But I think that it's a little hard to rewatch it over and over and over again. Okay. Cuz what I really like about that movie is uh all of the stuff in the shrieking shack. Ye- and and with Lupin oh. being a werewolf yeah. and like all yeah, of, yeah. all of that start part of the story really love. Yeah. So, um all in all fantastic series and I love it. So I, that is, this is one of my faves. The arc of Micah wondering if he would love it. Um, so here's What's your favorite franchise of all time. My favorite franchise of all time. Toy Story. We talked about this Over last Lord of the Rings. I, oh, cause you have to put the Hobbit. In yes. There. Cause Toy Story is 10, 10, 10 and 10. We had this discussion on Toy Story four, I believe. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I mean, I do like uh, Star Wars is, is like my favorite overarching series, yeah. but there's a lot of bad. Yeah. 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 I think Harry Potter is probably better in that regard. Well, it, I, we the, still have three movies apparently. Well, five movies. No, once but I mean done. like two of them are out. We get yeah. three more. Yeah. So five total. To- yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it could get ruined like uh, Hobbit to Lord of the Rings. Yes. Um, okay. So here's announcement podcast time should we announce our series after we finish fantastic beasts yeah to get people geared up okay so we are doing folks an overarching series oh we're doing it right now no you said after fantastic Beasts. oh i meant like the series that we're covering after we do the next two weeks of fantastic beasts or do you want to wait let's wait let's wait okay you don't get a no yet all right uh next week is fantastic beasts 
Um, and, we'll, and where to find them. And where to find them, yes. And then um, I wanted to point out that we are we did a, our Patreon-exclusive episode on the Oscars. That's still available if you want to sign up and get it. Yeah. Um, so go to patreon.com slash Micah McCaw. Really, truly, sign up. We, wa- we want to uh, be artists for a living, and it's very, very hard. <laughs> we're begging you. Yeah. No, we're not really, but actually we are. We're just trying to save face by not begging. But we are begging. Uh, no, we're not. Uh, and then, but we are going to do another Patreon exclusive episode where we're going to talk about, um, Harry Potter and the half and the, and the cursed child and as well as take quizzes to know which houses we're in and Patronus and and wands, maybe if we have time. Although I already have mine and we technically already know what our house is. Yeah. But we can still do it again for fun. So that'll be a Patreon exclusive. I think we'll try and put that out the week after Fantastic Beasts 2 comes out. Before we start our second series. Um, And then, finally, this is it. And then you can turn off your um, Apple Podcast app or Spotify or whatever you listen to. Please say it. Um, Today is March 13th, folks. And I am releasing my new album, Imbalances. I worked so hard on this thing. Andrew John Lee Tevis worked so hard. Chris Heisner worked so hard. Jeremy worked so hard. Anthony Panter sang some stuff on it, um, vocal wise, like uh, crowd vocals. He worked hard. We all worked really hard. I really believe in this, and it would mean the world to me if you listened to the album and shared it with some people. Again, we want to be artists. We love doing this stuff, and that's what we want to do. The with banging our lives. record. And I, I think that you will. I think there's something on there for everybody. So please listen to it. If you're if you sign up for Patreon, you get the album. So if you're planning on buying the album, just sign up for Patreon and get all the extra stuff too. Yeah. Um, and then finally, tonight I'm playing at the Children's Sanctuary Church in Medford, across the street from the YMCA. Doors at six thirty. Uh, show starts at seven. Storm is opening. Then Jeremy's playing. They're going to play short sets. And then Micah McCaw with Grayson Phelps on bass and Evan Coons on drums. We're playing all 14 songs for the first time ever. Many of these songs have never even been performed before. So please support in that way. That would be awesome. Love you. See you later. Next week, Fantastic Beasts. See ya. Bye. (laughs) Bye.